Hello and welcome to 60MW Podcast. I'm Chris and I'm joined by the most amazing person in the whole wide world. Somebody I hold in higher regard than my own children. It's Mr Adam Parry. Hello. Hello, but you don't buy me Christmas presents. Um, no, but I, no. I probably would prefer to buy you them because I know you'd appreciate them a hell of a lot more than my kids would. Um, I wouldn't just play with the box. Yeah, well, they, they're older than that now, so they don't tend to do that so much. But oh. it, So they actively just hate things that you buy them. Well, so here's an example. So it's my uh, youngest daughter, uh, daughter's birthday later on this month in October. And uh, so anyway, we're looking at things to get for her birthday and all that kind of stuff. And then I looked in their room and I realised that there's actually a present in there from her previous birthday that she hasn't touched. Um, she has opened it, though, I take it. Um, she opened the wrapping paper on it. Um, I, my wife advises me that she had opened it. But whether that's true or not, I don't know. But it doesn't look as if it's been played played with. Because it's one of those sets that you kind of have to put together and you put the stickers together. And rather than let her put the stickers on and ruin it, I put the stickers on because it, I want it to look nice. <laughs> and you pay money for that fucking thing, so it needs to look its best. Yeah, so like, you know, if, if I buy any Lego sets, then I put the stickers on because I want the stickers to look nice. I don't want them to look shitty. Well, Lego's fucking expensive. You don't really want to... Yeah, you don't want to ruin that. So I will buy you a Christmas present this this year. Maybe a film that you haven't seen or or own that we could watch and chat about. We, we could swap secret films. I have bought you films before, though. I know you've bought me films, but... Yeah, I was going to say, don't make it sound one way. You... Whatever I was going to call you. <laughs> I was going to say, what, what, what are you going to call me? <laughs> I was going to call you a swarthy ne'er-do-well, but I wasn't sure that was correct. Mm. Uh, that, that sounds sounds all right to me um anyway um welcome back dear listener to a spotlight reflection movie show um this is a show where we talk about uh films that we watched when we were younger sometimes in our childhood sometimes a little bit older and we re-watch them with new eyes and see if they still stand the test of time or if they're a load of old cack uh, sometimes like the example of this particular film it, it could be that one of us has seen it, but the other one hasn't, which is always a nice little treat because um, you just don't know how the other person's going to take it as well. So um, we we haven't done as many films this year as we normally do for a few different reasons. But uh, and as you could possibly tell with my voice, a little bit of ill health has put, uh, postponed this recording for a couple of weeks. So but hopefully we're, we're getting back on track and we'll do a few more before the end of 2023. Um, it's the 5th of October as of recording, just so people know when this comes out. I mean, if this comes out in about, or it's released in about a month's time, I'll be a bit annoyed with myself for not editing it sooner, but I'm sure I will. So, uh, Well, that very much depends on how the AIDS progresses, doesn't it? Well, it does. It's spreading slowly. I'm I'm doing my best to, to uh, you know, s- sort of stave it off. But, yeah. but um, you know, it's uh, it's got to run its course, hasn't it? So... <laughs> Well, anyway, yeah, best get a few in then. Yes, so well, that's it. Make the most of me whilst I'm here. So, um, <laughs> uh, well, anyway, oh, like it's like when you're down to the last ten minutes with a prostitute. Yes, make make the most of me. You know, yeah. what's 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 the word I'm looking for? Or the you know, run me ragged or something. <laughs> I don't know. You're gonna say run me raw. Yes. Uh, um, anyway, so. 
The film that we are going to be talking about in this particular episode is from 1981. Um, and it is directed by Gary Sherman, uh, written by uh, Dan O'Bannon of um, Aliens. Uh, sorry, Alien fame, writer of Alien. Um, and we've got, so there's two people who are part of this film that have appeared in previous films that we've talked about. Are there? There is. Okay. Yes. The <laughs> film in question, I'll get to that in a second. I'll, I'll give you some clues. But the, so the, the, uh, the, the film in question is uh, Dead and Buried. Um, it stars James Farantino as Sheriff Dan Gillis. Uh, Melody Anderson of Flash Gordon fame, I guess, as Janet Gillis. Uh, Jack Albertson of... Um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, whichever whichever one it is, uh, the the good one, not the shit one with uh, Johnny Depp. Uh, yeah, he he plays. Uh, yes, yeah, so he was the grandpa in uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, I thought I recognised him. Uh, yeah, uh, he uh, plays William G. Dobbs, uh, and then Robert Englund pops up in one of his uh, early roles before he became famous or infamous as uh, Freddy Krueger. Um, Lisa Blount, uh, you see a bit of her, a couple of bits of her at the, <laughs> the start of the um, of the the film, um, and <clears throat> that's probably about it. Like I said, Dan O'Bannon is the one of the the writers uh, who people will recognise from Alien, uh, and I think. Uh, the, look at some of the documentaries I watched of, of Dead and Buried. Um, I think that this film was made on the back of the success of Alien um, because obviously Alien was a big hit in 1979. So anything related to whether that be a writer or, you know, uh, or, or a connection to Alien kind of got greenlit because this was bouncing around for a little while. Um, and um, yeah, so do you want to take a guess at the connections to our previous Oh, so God. I'll give you one. Dan O'Bannon is the first one. Now this was a pick that you picked. I should have looked um, oh. when we uh, recorded it, so that might give you a bit of a. Um... Who can not? Do you know what? I know for a fact that you've told me before that he did Alien when we did a film. I just can't for the life of me think of what it was. So this was one of your picks. It was a film I hadn't seen. Uh, Toy Soldiers. No. No. Okay. What genre? Horror comedy. Return of the Living Dead? Yes. Yeah. So he directed, he wrote and directed Return of the Living Dead. And that was released on the 13th of December 2019. So there you go. Hey? Oh, right. I thought you meant the film. Not the film. Go, uh, no, it wasn't, sir. No, not the film. The uh, the, the podcast that we, we, yeah. we did about. 2019? I know. Yes. So, Jesus. if you want to go back and listen to that, then um, feel free. Uh, that's on the 60mw.co.uk website or um, wherever you find your podcasts these days. Um, and then also uh, the other connection to a film that we chatted about is Lisa Blount, who, as I mentioned, stars on, as according to IMDb, Girl on the Beach. <laughs> she has got a name, though, hasn't she? I'm sure someone says her name at some point. Stroke Nurse Lisa. So... Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> I think, yeah, she's just rec- well. The guy at the start, uh, Freddie, who we'll come to. Oh no, he calls no, her Lisa, yeah, doesn't he? Yes, I'm being a div, mm. and I think she just called Lisa. 
after that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Lisa Blount, who sadly is no longer with us. So I, I looked at this. She passed away in 2010. Um, so at quite a young age. But uh, yeah, she starred in another film that was my pick. Uh, at the podcast was released on the 1st of March 2021. Uh, stars Rutger Hauer. Oh, Blind Fury. Yes. Yeah. Uh, see? And there you go. So she played a character. Um, she was one of the girlfriends of the other uh, characters who has been blackmailed to make drugs. Um, but she played a character called Annie Winchester. Don't you remember her? I she got glasses. Remember anything about the film, if I'm honest? Really? Blind Rutgerhawa <laughs> with a sword. I can't remember a thing about it. Oh. You could probably choose a film that we've done. I reckon there's at least I reckon there's at least five films out there you could you could choose it again, and I wouldn't I wouldn't remember. Bloody hell! Wow. Well, there you go. Anyway, I, I seem to remember. I don't think you liked it particularly because. It was sort of like straddling the line between a comedy and an action film, and it didn't really know what it wanted to be. So it was a bit sort of, you know. I think I was expecting, that kind of rings a bell, I think I was expecting a full-on, you know, action film. Yep. And it wasn't. Um, so a few little bits of interesting tidbits, and I'll come on to sort of why I picked this film. Um, so Dead and Buried was, as I mentioned, released in 1981. Uh, it was a... Uh, commercial failure it didn't do anything at all it's become since become i suppose a bit of a cult hit um but in the 1980s in the uk we had uh issues with the i say we i was a little bit too young to i suppose remember it too much but i've watched some documentaries about it all uh, about the video nasties mm-hmm. and there were lots of videos that were banned at the time uh, and prosecuted because of the content of them uh, this was actually added to the list of uh, video nasties and was banned um, but it was later acquitted of any. Oh, I just hit my microphone. Just uh, acquitted of any obscenity charges and removed from the director of public prosecutions list. Um, I mean, uh, it's kind of, you know, it's can, silly to think that this was part of the list of films that were initially banned for. Uh, I can think of one reason why it might have been. Yeah, <clears throat> and that 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 was that would also share a scene with. Um, Fuck! What's it called? Is it not called? Is it just called zombie? Oh, uh, was it like cannibal ferox? Oh, not cannibal ferox. Was it zombie? Oh, the, the the eye thing. Yes. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen that, but I know I've uh, seen clips of it and stuff. But uh, um, yeah. So and the uh, lead actor James Farantino. I did a little bit of uh, digging on him. I had a look on Wikipedia. Um, so I've not really seen him in much, to be honest with you, but he, he's been a bit of a naughty boy by the looks of it. Uh, so uh, according to Wikipedia, he was charged with stalking his former girlfriend, Tina Sinatra, uh, apparently is the youngest child of Frank Sinatra in 1993. <laughs> the lesser of the Sinatras, apparently. Which um, a, a restraining order was issued against him. Um, and then in 1991, so uh, he, he had a bit of a... Rough time in the 90s. Uh, he was arrested in Vancouver um, after Canadian uh, Customs intercepted a package containing 3.2 grams of cocaine being sent to Gr- his hotel grams room. Or kilograms? Grams. <laughs> being sent to his hotel room. Um, he was charged with co- uh, cocaine possession and then later released on bail. But if it was sent to his hotel room, he never technically possessed it. Mm. Well, there you go. But, uh, Does that mean we, we could just go and buy some coke and send it to someone, then tell the police that something's on the way to them, and they'll get arrested and done? I don't know. 
2010, apparently he was arrested on suspicion of misdemeanor battery after the police were called following a citizen's arrest at the actor in his own home. Uh, of the actor boy in his own home. Uh, he was taken into custody and booked uh, at the Los Angeles Police Department Hollywood Station before being released the following morning after posting a $20,000 bond. Police said the actor was trying to physically remove a man from his house and the man then made the citizen's arrest. That doesn't quite make any sense to me. <laughs> it doesn't. Get out of my house. No, um, I'll make you leave. I'm arresting you. Yeah. I don't go there. Anyway, uh, that's a little bit on uh, James uh, Farantino. Should point out as well that um, another, I suppose, um, potential reason to watch this is because some of the special effects were done by Stan Winston. Um, you know, legendary uh, makeup special effects artist um, that did some amazing stuff. Uh, obviously, Jurassic Park and uh, Terminator, Predator. Yeah, it was some of the main you know things franchises that he's worked on. So uh, he's got a pedigree. Sadly, no longer with us. Um, and yeah, so uh, I think that's about it. So um, let's have a look on IMDb. This has got a six point five out of ten, out of fourteen thousand ratings. That's not bad. No, no, that's yeah. We've we've done far worse. Uh, put it that way. Yeah, and then there is a Metacritic as well. Uh, is there? There is. I put the link in the in the documents. Did you? I did. I only did it earlier on today. So. Oh, you bellend. It weren't that long ago you did it. No. You cheeky monkey. I know. And also, I've just noticed that Metacritic, they've um, they've snazzed up their website a little bit. It looks different to what it used to look like. But anyway. It does. Oh, I don't know if I like that. No, I'm not, not keen either. But anyway, it's got a... Um, there's only seven critic reviews. Uh, but it's got 71... That's not bad. Uh, no. And then um, the user score, again, there's only five ratings, so it's only a, s- a small sort of like uh, sample size, but it's got 6.6, so yeah. not bad. No, no. Um, do you want to take one from the top? Oh, oh, okay. Now, do I say slant or slant magazine? Oh, whichever. If you want to sound posh or if you want to sound, you know, uh, common like me, then I'd say slant. I don't know, you see, because I would have... You, you, I... Brilliant. Hello, cat. Shut up. Shut up, cat. Um, I used to... I used to would have. I would have used to... Hold on. I'm constructing a sentence and I can't get it to work in my head. In the olden days, I would have said slant. But now I'd probably say slant. Uh-huh. But it's that's one of those words. There's a few words that my brain still gets mixed up if I say it's southern or northern. Uh, well, do, you, do you say... Um... <clears throat> Well, we've already established that you laugh at mock me for ways that I say tooth or tooth. <laughs> yes. Um, but <laughs> tongue. Tongue. Tongue, tongue. What about garage? Do you say garage or garage? Only Americans say garage. Mm. What are the, uh, are there any other ways that we, you know, um, uh, master or do you say master? I'd probably say master still. Would you? Posh, there's, there's posh a, bastard. Yeah, I don't know. I think after time I'll... I will change the words based on who I'm talking to. Uh, so up here, I'll I'll speak slightly common because I need to. And then when I go down to the cultured part of the country, I'll speak like a human being. Yeah. But generally, I'd, I'd sound... It's only th- it's only those words like castle, castle, path, path, bath, bath, etc. Uh-huh. But slant, because I never... Because it's, it's not a word that comes up very often in conversation. No. Not for me personally, so... 
I'm going to say Slant Magazine. Oof, go for Why it. Why not? Why not? Sounds cultured. Okay. Yes. So the, re- the review in Slant Magazine uh, says, with eerie atmosphere to spare and an emphasis on communal terrors and long-buried secrets, this surprisingly wistful film hews close to folk horror, suggesting Robin Hardy's The Wicker Man by way of Willard... <laughs> Yeah. It would. Okay. What a pointless thing. Sorry. It, sorry. It finishes off uh, uh, by way of Willard Hook and Gloria Katz's Messiah of Evil. Yeah, you have to click on the read more just for that tiny little extra. Yeah, that's a couple of words. Then, yeah. It, no, it's actually one word. Which is shit. So. <laughs> that's really the one thing I do like about the Metacritic's, so I suppose the, uh, the the new website is that it's it's colour coded, so uh, you know yeah. you can see that what's a good review because it's green. Yeah, uh, for the real fucking spazzes out there who can't tell that a high number's good and a low number's bad, yeah, colour code them like traffic lights. It's a visual feast for the eyes, um, for spanners. Um, anyway, so the uh, yeah, it's it's got uh, five. Positive reviews and two mixed. So I'll just I'll do a mixed one then. So, yeah. so this is Empire Magazine. So they give it. Oh, you you posh git. I was I was just sat thinking, go. I bet it goes for Empire and not for TV Guide Magazine. Well, I'll, I'll, we can do both. Whatever, I don't mind. So it's uh, I'll, <laughs> calm down. Okay. I'll, so Empire, a, a nice twist on the usual small town hide sinister secret setup. This offers some genuine scares and impressive gore. Gore. Um, go on, do TV Guide then. Let's okay. push the boat I'll go, Yeah, I'll go for TV, TV Guide magazine. Most of the plot twists are confusing and haphazardly developed, leaving the movie as little more than an excuse to show off Stan Winston's admittedly effective gore effects. Mm. And they are quite good. Um, mm. But uh, we'll get to that. Um, yeah, so um, I suppose, why did I pick this? Um, yeah. So I have distinct memories of... There's a couple of films that I remember from around this time. So I would have been um, four, no, five when this came out. Uh, oh, in the, right. in, Did you see it when you were five? In the cinema. Well, this is this is the thing, see. Now, if this was banned, it was it was released um, in the cinemas. Obviously, I wouldn't have gone to the cinema at five years old to watch this film. But it, it would have been on a VHS somewhere. Because I seem to remember going to my nan's... I seem to remember she lived in a flat, um, like one a high rise flat, um, when I was very young. And my my nan, well, wherever my nan lived, because that she had lots of children, I had lots of cousins. Um, it was always like the hub of activity. There was always something there, and you know, I'd always be going there for some reason or other because my mum and dad worked. So, um, and so there was always stuff on. As I mentioned before, as I got older, it was the you know the sort of like the the you know the Van Damme stuff. You know, uh, it was RoboCop. It was you know. Beetlejuice, or blood, all that sort of stuff. So, mm. but then the, I, I seem to remember when I was younger that there were two films that I saw, I didn't see, but I remember seeing either posters of or bits of that scared me because I was quite a young, quite a, a young age. Now, Dead and Buried was one of them because the. Oh, can I can I guess the other one? Go on then. Was it Demons? No. Damn it! No, I, I never saw that. That was not one that was uh, was there. The, so yeah, dead and buried because the poster is fairly distinctive, um, mm-hmm. and there's also a scene in it at the start which is, you know, fairly visceral, shall we say? Um, and then the the other one was the bogeyman, 
or boogeyman or whatever. I think that's the bo- the bogeyman. <laughs> I think the boogeyman. What about someone who dances? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think in that a, a cool in the gang song. The, the boogie- <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, but no, and then the bogeyman. And there's a certain scene in that film, which I, I don't know if that was another one that was on the the because oh, I haven't researched this, but I should have done was on uh, potentially on the, the the band list. But there's a scene in that where. The thing about that film that scared me is the guy wore like tights over his head so that, you know, kind of, you know, just his face. But yeah. there's a scene where there's a couple kissing in a car and then, because you can't see the, the boogeyman because he's, um, oh, the bogeyman, fuck me. <laughs> because he's invisible. You can't see him, but you can hear him coming. Because he's invisible. Um, and the car door slams shut, which knocks the, t- and then there's a knife involved, which goes into their mouth. So they're kissing each other and somehow they get knifed together. Um, which is, you know, pretty freaky. And I think there's the thing, the whole thing about in that film, like you, you can only see through reflection. So they smash a mirror at the end or something. So anyway, you can probably tell, because uh, I haven't seen that film since I was a kid, but there's little bits of it that scare me or, or you know, that scare me now. If you can't see him, why does he wear tights on his head? I don't know. Unless it, I think there's something in it about he was killed or he was a killer or a murderer or a rapist or something and then he died and then he came back or some bullshit. I don't know. Or a 1960s bank robber. Yeah. So anyway, but that's potentially another film to watch at some point in the future. <laughs> Just to revisit those, exercise those demons, I suppose. But yes, yeah, so Dead and Buried is one of those and it, I saw it a few years ago, because I bought it, uh, it's like an Anchor Bay uh, special edition, which I, again I, I watched, um, and so I watched a few of the special features on it and whatever. But um, I, and I watched it a few years ago, and I seem to remember enjoying it, you know, because it's it's a little bit different. Um, but I haven't seen it since, and I thought, oh, this will be a good one, and I, because I know you know you liked your horror when you were growing up. And then, yeah. as it turns out, you haven't watched it, so that's another little bonus, I suppose. So, um, yeah, that that's kind of my history with, with it. Um, so, yeah. But, as I said, I'm not going to ask you what you thought of it until the very end. But so, uh... I'll be honest, I'd never even heard of it. Ah, okay. It's like, as far as the video nasties go, I remember stuff like Child's Play and Driller Killer and things like that going on it, but I don't remember. I don't remember this ever being mentioned, ever. Never heard of it. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's all right. I'm just looking at the bogeyman. It, it, that was, that was 1980. So that was, um, another one. Uh, did that, no, did have any, no, sorry. Sorry. I'm looking to see. Oh, it was placed on the DPP list in 1984. So, um, yeah, there you go. I, I, that was, it was a video nasty. So Hmm. my cousins no my uncles sorry because it would be my, my uncles at some point must have had these video nasties and the thing is yeah. to be fair if i'd have been their age when i was you know that and i think dave's t- spoken about this before the whole video nasty thing was if you were into horror it almost become like became like a, a holy grail of, of films to watch it became a checklist yeah you know to, to, to check out these films because they were deemed you know, so bad that you can't watch them. If you were a horror nut, the chances are you would have probably had a few of them anyway, because they were banned after they came out on video, weren't they, most? Yeah. There weren't many just banned straight up. Well, there might have been a couple, but I know stuff, stuff like Child's Play had been on telly and was available to rent and all sorts when when two and three came out and then I think one was still, one of them was banned still, I can't remember, but I'd I'd seen them and then it was, things were banned i think it was one of the sequels wasn't that because that was the 90s when that one came because that was because mm. i think there was some uh discussion that influenced some you know horrible 
child killings and stuff like that, you know. Um, but it's yeah. Um, but anyway, hmm. maybe I'm getting my maybe I'm getting my band things mixed up. There you, still, there you go. Uh, there's, there's some. I don't know if you can get them any longer. I've got them um, on DVD. But there's some really good documentaries. I think by Jake West about that whole era. Uh, some you know really good interviews by people uh, really fantastic documentaries about the whole video nasties um, situation uh, which I, I must admit you know looking back at it, it was really curious because it kind of in some ways reminds you a little bit of the because the exorcist was banned wasn't it in this country for yeah. a while wasn't it oh yeah that, that only come out that, that was late 90s i think out, wasn't it yeah it was when it first came out on dvd yes it came out again on that and i snaffled it day one yeah i remember buying it from a car boot when it was still banned a dodgy copy of it you know <laughs> um but anyway no it, it sort of reminds you i suppose you know the whole uh video games that were um vilified in america you know when they had the congress hearings you know so you got mortal Kombat, and then you got night yeah. trap and you look at night trap it's a fucking joke isn't it really oh, yeah you know why you know the, the salt fury and behind it all and, and people trying to ban stuff it's it's uh, that mary whitehouse is a name that it will be familiar to people in this country but she yes. seemed to be the spearhead of the uh the whole she campaign was a, she was a self-righteous old bag weren't she yeah so, but anyway, there you are. And then you have, like, you know, um, politicians jumping on the bandwagon, as they do, uh, you know. So Self-righteous old cunts. <laughs> don't make me laugh. I'll start coughing. Anyway, um, so talking about the uh, the director, Gary Sherman, uh, looking at some of the work uh, that he's done over the years. Uh, bear with me. IMDb has decided to play up. So, around that time, so in 1981, he directed um, Dead and Buried. In 1982, now I've never seen this film, but I remember Dave talking about it with uh, Ramrod, uh, now back on the podcast, um, talking about their 60 Minutes uh, show. Um, and the, sh- the, the film was called Vice Squad. And apparently this is where Ramrod got the inspiration to be called Ramrod. He's, that's not his real name. His real name. Is it not? It's not. But there's a there's a character in it called Ramrod. Uh, so I thought that was quite uh, interesting that we're talking about a film that um, that's what that's the inspiration for where he got his nickname. So anyway, um, and then the other films that he directed that people probably know him for were uh, Wanted Dead or Alive I'm sure, with Rutger Hauer. I'm sure Dave will love that film because it's got uh, what's that geezer from Kiss called? Gene Simmons. That's the one. As a as a, and I'm glad it's him because I don't know any of the others. No, well, that's, that's someone looks like an owl or something. I don't fucking know. That's the only one you need to know, isn't it? I think he play, yeah. he plays an Arab um, terrorist. Weirdly enough, in that film, um, and then uh, Poltergeist Three. Ooh, the the. That's the lesser of the poltergeist, isn't it? Uh, in 1988. And then I think after that, he, he hasn't really done a lot, to be honest with you. So uh, there you go. Uh, have you got a synopsis for the film? I do have a synopsis. It's one of those giveaway giveaway ones as well. So, well, yeah. the whole fucking trailer is a giveaway. If you've, I, I did say to you, oh, shit, don't, I didn't watch the trailer. don't watch the trailer. <laughs> well, it's all right, I still haven't. Yeah, no, that's good because the trailer will just give away everything. So, anyway, carry on. Okay. So the summary for Dead and Buried is thus. 
A suspense horror film set in a small coastal town where, after a series of gory murders committed by mobs of townspeople against visiting tourists, the corpses begin to come back to life. Mm. So, zombie-style film, but not your traditional zombie. Mm, no, well, no, no. Is it more sort of voodoo-style? Yeah, with... Yeah, touched now the film with like Serpent and the Rainbow and things like that later on. Yes, yes. So there you go. Anyway, hmm. um, right, we'll be back in a moment. But here is the trailer, um, which will spoil the whole film for you. Uh, I think even listening to the trailer will spoil <laughs> the whole film. I mean, we're going to spoil it anyway when we go into detail. But yeah, it is a spoilerific um, trailer, which is just ridiculous. But anyway, here is the trailer for Dead and Buried. From the creators of Alien, terror brought down to Earth. Fear so intense it will stay with you to the grave and beyond. Welcome to Potter's Bluff. Yeah, what are you doing? Both strangers. Two murders in a town no bigger than a postage stamp. When you die in Potter's Bluff, expect the unexpected. I just lie still. I'm gonna give you something. It's gonna make you feel even better. such loveliness and here I will make you beautiful again even more beautiful than before what did you do to our dogs you will try to kill me dad but you can't you can only make me dead go on pull the trigger perhaps you need a little more motivation Dan, I'm dead. Please bury me. Dead and buried. The movie you'll want to see. If you dare to look. Bury me. Dead and buried. So there you go. That was the spoilerific trailer, uh, which Adam hasn't watched. No. But, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, welcome to Potter's Bluff, as the trailer goes. Um, so, I should say as well, this has a almost perfect length for a, a 90, uh, sorry, an 80s film. Um, I, I, I clocked it at 92 minutes. Yes. Which is it's pretty, you know... It's bang on, isn't it? I mean, that includes your credits as well. So, yeah, yeah, nice and swift. Yes. So, uh, there you go. Um 
No, I've actually made some notes. Oh, well, well, I'll be darned. Written pages, notes. Uh, I watched this film two nights ago, so uh, Christ knows how I'm going to... If I, I, I'm looking at it now, it's like it's the same old, you know, translation of hieroglyphics or, or something. But uh, yeah, I watched it on on what day are we on Thursday? I didn't watch it last night. Did I watch it? I um, hold on Thursday. Oh, fuck, I can't even work my way back through days. I'm in trouble. Uh, yeah, two no two days ago as well. There you go. In fact, yeah. Did I tell you? I thought I can't remember. So it's 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 fresh in the mind. Yeah. Um. So uh. Yeah. Anyway, how many? Uh, so I did it on A4. Ooh. Okay. We're we're, we're actually even for a change. And, Here we go. Uh, Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven pages. Hmm. See, I've actually taken to counting my pages, and on my first page, I write down how many pages I've written now. Oof. You, but I'll still shuffle it if you want. Yes, go on then, just because it sounds nice. I like it, it's quite extensive. How many bloody pages have you written? I'm almost there. You're going to save uh, like three. No, eight. Eight? Ooh, yes. that's not bad. We're, no, we're, no, we're no, almost. I wasn't expecting that much, if I'm honest. Yep, yeah, we're almost um, on, the, on the same page. <laughs> 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 mm. <laughs> Don't. If I do, I'll, I'll start coughing now, won't stop. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so um, as people, uh, if, if you're new to this show, then we do go into, the, into quite a lot of detail about the film in terms of uh, what we observe and then we have a chat about it <clears throat> excuse me so um yeah it's got a sort of quite a somber tone um i thought with the opening black and yeah. white uh, opening it's like a still of a small town high well, i wouldn't call it high street what do you call it it's just a small town road um, isn't it yeah well yeah yes well it's the high street of somewhere that's very small yeah. So there's no like WH Smiths or anything there or card shops. No. Um and so and then I mean you don't really get to see a lot of the town itself. There seems to be I suppose you've got your interior locations, which is the yep. sheriff's office, then you've got the the uh the morgue or the yep. um mortuary, and then yep. you've got uh the beach. Yeah, uh, there's some uh jetty type boat yard uh, boathouse yeah thing um you've got lots of lot of, there's a few abandoned shitholes yes there seem to be uh, houses that aren't just not lived in um mm-hmm. and then you've got a couple of roads but then you've got like this high street which again um it, it, everywhere everything's in it you've got i mean this is kind of how small town it is you've got the sheriff's office and then you've got the mortuary right next to it um, yeah. pretty much you know so everything's all in one location yeah and there's a shit cafe there's a hotel oh yes oh, yes yeah yeah i forgot about the ho- the hotel in in air quotes and uh a sort of shop thing yeah um and then i suppose you have to go slightly out of town for the more up-to-date um you know highfalutin labs where they do tests <laughs> on <Yeah>. stuff <laughs> 
where they have lots of Bunsen burners and beakers. Yes. And what looks like alchemy sets. Yes. Uh, like a uh, like a, a chemistry set I used to have when I was a kid. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, there's a school as well. We oh, seen yes. It, but there is definitely a school. Yeah. No, we, well, yeah, you, you do see the school. Um, oh, you do see the school. Of course you do. Um, okay. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so, uh, hmm. you know, you kind of get the impression, like I said, it's it's a bit like, um, I, again, it's one of those, I've seen bits of it, but I haven't, I think I must have seen the whole thing, but I don't remember a massive amount of it. But the fog, John Carpenter's The Fog. Yeah. It's very foggy. That's the other thing. Like, like a small, foggy coastal town. Yeah. Where everyone knows everyone. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's only one person who does the whole the job. That if you if you are that person who does that job, there's no chance. Yeah. You're only there's only ever going to be one other person. The only person that's going to get that job is if you die or leave. Yeah, right. I run the town shop, and if I'm ill, no one's eating. Yes, I am the only, I am the sheriff of this town. I don't have any deputies. I don't. I have an assistant, an old biddy who answers the yeah. phone, and and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Sends telexes. That's yeah. She's my assistant. If you want to, yeah, if you want to get away with crime. Just team up with someone and do two crimes at the same time. One of you is getting away with it. Yes. So um, anyway, so uh, then you kind of get uh, it cuts into a uh, you know the kind of things are moving along and whatever. Um, but I suppose is it? I don't know about what you thought about the opening of it, but it it did seem quite toned down, wasn't it? Quite, quite you know it's and then it sort of. I quite liked it. Yeah. I quite liked it. I liked the somberness and it's just like quiet piano music. Yeah. All the titles are simple, just white text on the background, apart from when it says dead and buried, in which case it's red. Yeah. But then, it, yeah, the the black and white image, still image of the town just fades, well, fades to colour, but it's not exactly vibrant. No. So it sort of fades to washed out bland colour, because that's the sort of place it is. Things start moving. It's like, a, thought, it's like an old photograph, isn't it? You know, yeah. an old s- s- photograph that's been, you know, aged yeah. over the years. But uh, I liked it. I thought it was a nice little intro. Mm, it's good, yeah. Um, and then, so you can then go to the beach. Camper van pulls up. Man stops, gets his camera out, starts taking photographs, like really close-up photographs oh, of. Oh, he's he he's like a proper like um, prelude to sort of Instagram photos he's taking, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, look at me. I'm, I'll actually put it... Well, first I put he's got a tripod, so there's no optical image stabilisation, obviously, in his camera body because it didn't exist then. But he's a he's a bird watcher. He takes a close-up of a bird. Then he takes a close-up of a bucket and then, like, a rope, like a bit of rope near some water. A bit of a net a, or something. Yeah, net. That's the thing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> then he takes one of a bottle. So, um yeah, he's very modern. Oh, seaweed, close up of seaweed. So yeah, he's a very, very modern photographer. The sort of person who look at. I've uh, walked around the city and I've taken pictures of bricks. Yeah, um, but and then the tone changes slightly because he he then sort of like the camera because you <clears throat> you can tell you know you're looking at a ca- through through the the lens of a camera because yeah. it does that typical thing of you know when somebody's looking through binoculars in a film <laughs> just to pr- show because I mean that doesn't happen in real life does it no but ju- binocular shaped vision yes um but uh, then you see the, like painted toenails and you yeah. know foot uh, someone starts playing a saxophone oh, in the background exactly what it, you know <laughs> the, the tone of the music changes like mm, we're getting a bit sexy now because it's a saxophone um and then it pans up to a woman uh which mm-hmm. is Lisa Blount's character via the vagina and boobs yes and um they just start chatting she's quite um flirty with him yeah. i thought at first he's gay because he's sort of totally 
not going with it at all. He's just very standoffish because she's asking him, "Are you a professional photographer?" And you know, and do you want me to model for you? And he's, well, I don't, I don't know. I thought he was dropping hints. Okay, because first, like that's a good camera, isn't it? Yeah, and he's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine, whatever. <clears throat> and then he says, "Oh, you're a professional," and he says, "Oh, oh, I bet that's exciting." And he goes, "Well, I wouldn't call it exciting, but it pays well." Oh, and I thought, oh, here we go. Yeah, he figures he knows where he is in a small town. There's a lovely lady that's paying him some attention. He suddenly can feel like, or he's in a v, he's in a camper van, but suddenly he's telling her, "I'm loaded. Mm. I'm loaded, loaded, loaded. If you want some of this, not a problem." Yeah, and and so she makes the name up for him. She calls him Freddie, and he makes the name yeah. up for her, calling her Lisa. Ooh, she starts. <laughs> she makes up a name for him, and she goes, "You look like a Fred," and he says, "No, no." So she thinks about it again. And then comes up with Freddie. Yeah. Uh, kind of a linear chain of train of thought she had there. Mm. Uh, you know, not like a, a Charles or a, you know, a yeah. Michael or a John or whatever. Fred. Yeah. Fred and then Freddie. Yeah. Um, and well, then he starts getting into it, doesn't he? And he starts to, you know, she's, uh, he's calling her, ooh, look, you know, he's, he's, uh, Saying things like, oh, this will appear in Playboy. You know, oh, God, keep going, yeah. Lisa. This is good. Oh, you know, he's he's turned into a right sort of uh, dirty old bugger. Well, he knows, isn't it? He's probably the, he's probably look, thinking, I'm probably, no, he's not young. He's significantly older than her ish. Well, he seems to be at the time anyway, mm. dressed like a bit of a dick. But he's thinking, game on. Yeah. Game on. And then she knocks out well, she, all of a sudden. Yeah, she gets her tits out, and um, which was totally out of the blue. She's not wearing a bra. Uh, no. And um, and then, you know, which, you know, you think by the sea air, you'd, you'd, there'd be a bit of a pokey, but <laughs> yeah. there's none of that. It's just, uh, that's it, straight out. And uh, yeah. and that's it. Just, she, you want me, Freddie. Oh, yeah. And uh, he thinks, oh, fucking hell, I'm in for a lucky time here. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> total sort of change in tone, because he gets attacked by a load of, like, sort of, what would you call it? Like, kind of like, fishermen. Like fishermen. Yeah. Fisher people. Wearing, like, fisher hats. People. Like, fishermen hats. Like, sea yeah. hats. Not, not not a pirate hat. But, you know, like a, um, just like a, a, like a beanie hat that you'd see fishermen yeah. wearing. It reminded me a little bit of, like, the shadowy people you get in Alan Wake. Oh, Yeah. I like that um, comparison because I've recently played Alan Wake again. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not as good as I thought it was initially. But anyway, that's another story. Um, <laughs> have you have you played Alan Wake? I played it originally on the 360. Yeah. What did you think? Do you remember strong memories for it? I remember quite liking it. Yeah. But not loving it. Yeah. I think by the time it came out or it would come out, it was just so... You know, because it'd been delayed for ages and ages. And then I like the special edition version of it because it, it was shaped like a book. And you, kept, you actually got a book. I never read it. but Oh, no, no that's, that's the one I got. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I thought because of the price of it, it's like £40. And, you know, I thought, yeah. oh, you're getting quite a lot for your... Uh... Yeah, at the time it was like, what, five or more than, or four quid more than the standard version. So I'll have a bit of that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, played the remastered version of it. And, and like, I, I totally love and get that analogy because, like, the, the shadowy people that you fight against... They do sound a little bit like old fishermen type, because that's a, that's a seaside, no, not a seaside, but like a is it a seaside town or is it like a mm. or by a river? Is it, yeah, is it a river? Or is it a tri- tributary lake or some shit? I don't know. Yeah. It's all about right. the lady of the fucking lake or some bollocks. I don't know. 
<laughs> anyway. But yeah, he gets accosted by a load of old salty sea dogs. Yes. He proceed proceed to fucking twat him with things. Like one of them didn't one of them smash his leg or his arm with a bar. They're, they're just absolutely battering the shit out of him. Yeah. But I mean they it's not fuck him around the head with a spoon. Oh my god. That is the most amazing sound effect. It is a proper yeah. clonk, isn't it? <laughs> it's an, yeah. That's how you describe somebody being hit around the, sh- the head you know yeah. with a, a shovel. It's like clonk. Um yeah, that was awesome. Well, anyway, they tie him to a post uh, with like a whole kind of fishnet type type thing, not like stockings, but you know, no actual proper. I'm going to catch me some fish. Yeah, net. Um, and then they start. They all start taking photos of him. Now, yeah. In, so, what were your thoughts with this? You know, with this total change, shift in tone, and everything. What? What? Where? Where were your? Where was your mind with this? Well, what were you thinking? Obviously, I knew because of the genre there'd be something happening, and the whole setup. Thought I thought something would happen, but I wasn't quite expecting it to happen so quickly and be quite as visceral as it was. And then when all the cameras come out, I was like, "What? What the fuck is going on?" Mm. Um, especially because like everyone's got, well, I say normal. Everyone's got like one of those old little Kodak cameras with the QB flash on it, and then someone's got one that it's like they've got a camera with the top of a Jeep attached to it. Like three or four massive great three. fucking light bulbs. Yeah. Three of them. Yeah. 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 They'll start taking pictures and then then a woman comes up and uh, oh no, sorry, one of the one of the sea dogs just pours petrol on him. Yeah. I mean he's very uncomfortable in this net as well. He's he start because it's pulling his nose up, he looks a bit like uh, someone at League of Gentlemen. Yes. But he's all mangled in this net and yeah, pour petrol over him. Then a woman strolls up, lights a match, and they set him on fire. Yes. I was like, well, this has got this has got straight to the point. Well, mind you, has to because it's quite short. But I thought that'll do. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a decent opening, isn't it? I think, yeah. he, like you said, he kind of gets into it. Oh, holy shit! And I think just of the way his face is contorted. I mean, you don't mm. see him burning as such. You know, you could no. um, but it's the actual. I think it's just the sound effects of that he's making. That you know, the sounds he's making when he's screaming. Yeah, he's doing some good screams. And then I think it's the sort of like the, the contorted look at it. So that's that's probably the image that stuck with me when I was very young um you know imagine seeing that as probably a, a sort of six-year-old it's quite a striking image to, to see isn't it um it's, it's not pleasant it's it's really well done like i said considering you don't see the gore of anyone burning up at all it's done really well yeah so then we cut to the night time and his van is it, they've it's overturned isn't it it's on it's it's, yeah. it's set up to sort of like look like a a car crash or something that's happened because yeah. it's on fire um, and so this fire, you know, the fire brigade are there putting it out. Then you got the local sheriff, and um, and then you know Robert Englund's there. What what's Robert Englund's job? Is he like the mechanic style? Because he always turns up at the car wrecks, doesn't he? And yeah, yeah, maybe he's like a recovery. I don't recovery driver because well, a mechanic would be no fucking good, would it? Because it's been on fire. Yeah. Maybe maybe he just yeah. Maybe he's the recovery person who just removes vehicles from accidents and stuff. Yeah. Um, so and then the coroner turns up playing big fucking band music in his <laughs> truck. Dobbs. Dobbs does like his jazz. Yeah, uh, or big band music anyway. Yeah, and uh, and and he's a bit eccentric. I think it's fair to say a little bit. Um, so and then they start looking at the the dead body. They talk, you know, as if it's dead. And uh, I totally forgot this. Uh, <laughs> shit me up. Um, because like you get a close up of the head, which is burnt. And then all of a sudden, it set, it screams. Uh, it's a pretty good jump scare, isn't it? Yeah. Did it get, did it get all, you? 
It did, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't expecting it because you'd never expect the first victim to be alive. No. Um and that, by the way, was a puppet. That was Was it? That was Stan Winston like a puppet. Um so wouldn't it have been easier to put the makeup on a human rather than make a puppet? Well, you'd think that. So there's a couple of really good sort of effects in this, which uh, you'd think, well, I thought until I watched the documentary, were actually real people, but it's it's not. It's a puppet. It's amazing. Anyway, huh. um, so next day, Sheriff's in the... So again, you kind of get in a bit of horror and then you get this jump scare, and you, you know, in the first sort of 10 minutes of the film. Um and then the next day, the sheriff's in the diner. He's he's chatting about the car wreck and whatever, and they're all kind of taking the piss out of him, you know, saying he's this big city uh, cop and he's stayed around to, you know, look after this small town and whatever. Yeah, how long do we think he's been there at this point? Um, don't know. Not sure. Hmm. Oh, so you called it a diner? I think that that's that's. Elevating it somewhat. Yeah, it, it's a very small little... It's a shithole. Yeah. Ca- oh, well, calling it a cafe as well. It's tiny. Yeah. It's, it's... It's, if you remove the E and just call it a calf, that's still not quite enough. No. Um, well, then, But then, so, well, whether you want to call it a twist or something, something that kind of, again, I want to get your thoughts on it. So the person that set him on fire, this woman, who's not Lisa, but... Um, Midge. 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 What a fucking name, Midge. Is. Um, <laughs> so anyway, she is revealed. You don't see her at first, but then she's revealed because he's he's asking her for a cup of coffee. Uh, as the actual, so then you see her face, and it's like, holy shit, she's the person who set him on fire. So what the fuck's going yeah. on here? What, what what were you thinking then? At this point, I'm thinking, all right, we have a f- do we have a fish out of water? Because they mentioned that he's, he's a big city cop, so or something. Right, he might have not been here long. He's moved here for some reason. He's walked into a cult. That kind of thing is what I was thinking at the time. Mm. And <clears throat> I think you read it out. Um, was sort of the comparisons to the Wicker Man, yes. which I've only ever seen once, um, and it was the Edward Woodward version, not the uh, Nick Cage. <laughs> One is far funnier than the other, but one is definitely better yes, than the other. Yes. Um, anyway, so the- yeah, I was, I was yeah, I was getting a Wicker Man style vibe. Yeah. Um, so cut to night time again, and then there's this pissed up old fucking salty sea dog sing- yeah. singing songs or whatever, just, just wittering on and singing and rambling. Yeah. All of all of the above to eerie music because it does have the it does have a, a repetitive. Like this, something evil is going to happen. Music going on. Yes, um, and then he he gets set upon again. Potential jump scare. I don't know if it got you, but he kind of rests against this wooden thing, and then hands come out and grab him. Yeah, this this one stuck out a little bit. I I could see that one coming from a mile off. Yeah, um, just the way it was framed. You know, oh, I'll lean against this slightly rickety-looking wooden door with. Just enough room either side of the shot for hands to come round and out from behind the door. Yeah. Through the door. Yeah. And then he gets set upon again by a sim- same type of same people, I think, pretty, pretty much. Uh, and he gets slashed in the face, slashed in the neck, stabbed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then we're at the mortuary. Some big band music playing. <laughs> yeah. 
Dobbs is just dancing from the corpse, well, from from his from his gramophone to the corpse. He's having a whale of a time. Yeah, this is just a, this isn't a corpse from you know. This is a just a dead woman, an, an old yeah. woman who's died of natural causes or something. Um, and so the sheriff goes and t- chats to him about it, and then uh, you know he's he. So he sort of now looking at it from somebody who's seen it and knows what's coming. You kind of it's a, I suppose you you know it's a bit like uh, the sixth sense, isn't it? You watch it the first time. You don't see the things coming so much, but then when you watch it again, you go, "Oh, yeah, okay." So he's talking about uh, how Dobbs t- fixes up dead bodies, and yeah. you know he says he's an artist, um, and he, he's pissed off at, because nobody gets to see them when they're when they're in a coffin and all that sort of stuff. I did, did you pick up on anything at that point? Yeah, because first first he sort of talks about like the little fixes he does, like using bits to replace other bits if they're missing and whatnot. Yes, and then he starts saying it's an art. And then he says, like, he, he, he makes, he, he calls it souvenirs. He says, I make souvenirs. Yes. And, um, yeah, you, you get the feeling he's a, he's a little bit, he's a little bit extravagant. Yes. About his, about his work. Um, and so the, because the, he's the mortician and the coroner. Yeah. At the same time, isn't he? Um, so... Uh, the sheriff asked him if you know the body could have been moved once it had been set on fire to set look like it had been you know he was burnt in the car wreck um, and then uh, yeah there's a another dead body uh, is the call comes in that there's another person that's died. Uh, uh, it's starting to get suspicious now because obviously this town has about thirteen people living in it. Yes, you know you've had in the space of like a day two people that had died. Um, so anyway. Um, then the, the sheriff's in town and uh, he goes to the local hotel, starts asking questions, doesn't he? If anybody's yeah, seen this this guy, this photographer. Yeah, this Ben, he's a weird fella. Yeah, he does. He speaks hope... funny, doesn't he? He's... Yeah, the way he says, you should ask your wife. You know, he, he reminded me of, he sounds a bit like Donald Pleasance. Um, I don't know what it is. There's just something about the way he talks. Yeah, because he goes, he checks the room, he finds a lot of photographs and photographing stuff and photography. I should say, not photographing. Um, and the, yeah, like you said, the hotel owner says, uh, "Your wife knows him." Yeah, for Christ's sake, ask your wife. Yes, um, and so you can tell by the look on the sheriff's face. You know, what's he talking about? Um, yeah. What's my wife doing here, etc. Yeah, so he goes home. He's got the ump a little bit, you know. He's he's yeah. a bit suspicious. I put home sweet haunted house it, because it just looks like a haunted house. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's a big house for just the two of them to live in. It is, isn't it? Because that's the other Very thing. Greedy. There's no children really. I mean, you see one kid, but that kid comes from the outside. There's never any yeah. apart from a school, I suppose. But yeah, um, but so anyway. Um, he goes home, asks her a few questions, um, and then because he's suspicious that she's having an affair p- potentially. Yeah, she says she's just buying. She was just after camera equipment for the school, mm. and he gets jealous. And then she says, "You were jealous, weren't you?" And then she needs a hug. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's next day again. It, there seems to be a few cuts here, doesn't there? From daytime to nighttime, it's yes. Um, so he's at the, the get the gas station and he asks, "Well, I'm get, Mr. guessing he's the principal." Mr. Has- yeah, Mister Haskell. Yes, who's a right uppity twat. <laughs> he is, yeah. So all right, mate, you're a headmaster. Calm down. You're a headmaster of about seven children. 
in this dead end town. And he's like, he's asking him, you know, what about the new camera equipment? And he's, well, we did no such thing. We bought no equipment from George Lemoyne. He's just like, you're a knob. Mm. Um, so that's sort of, you know, he gets suspicious again. Um, and then we go to the hospital where the burn victim, the original uh, guy, he's all he's wrapped up from head to toe, apart from his mouth and his eye. Yeah, he looked a lot like. Did you remember Mad Balls? Uh, I don't until very recently when I read a book about ZX Spectrum games, <clears throat> and it <laughs> described the Mad Balls ZX Spectrum game. But yeah, yeah, I don't remember them until I read that. But yeah. Very weird things. There's like ugly heads that were also balls that made out of rubber that were really expensive yeah. for the time. It was like five ninety nine for a ball. I had one that was green and had snot coming out of its uh, face. But there was a mummy one. Yeah. And the mummy one looked a lot like the fella in this. And even down to the one, only the one eye showing and that kind of like lipless, lipless mouth sticking out as well. Yeah, he's got no lips. Because uh, yes. the sheriff goes in, the doctor won't let him talk to him because he's got no lips. So, and he's in a bad way, this this guy, you know, he ain't going to say much. Well, anyway, so then they come out the room and they start, they're chatting about stuff. And you see a nurse, like, in the background, walk into the room. And uh, little twist, turns out that it's uh, it's Lisa from the, yes. from the, the beach. Um, and she's uh, saying, oh, we'll, we'll sort you all out and we'll make you right as rain. And so she gets a needle out. Now, so... The body's conscious at this t- at this point, you know, the, and, yeah. and it's shaking, and and he can't make any noise because he's got no lips. No. Um, and but right, so get this, that the whole thing um, was a puppet. Really, the whole thing was a puppet. Um, and and so then she proceeds to get the needle, which is about I don't know, two inches long. <laughs> it's one of them needles you never need because it's too long and sticks it in his fucking eye yeah which it makes a nice little kind of like noise as well when it goes yeah it's it's a good effect yeah i'm questioning at the time i was like why has she done him in the eye it's the only bit you can see or you can well you could have done him in the gums or in the mouth or that needle was long enough to penetrate every one of them bandages Mm. it's and then i was querying why did she leave it in his eye uh, because if you if you try to commit a murder, you, you wouldn't you leave the needle the, the, yeah. in the fucking eyeball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I had slight. Yeah, at this point, I was like, all right, okay. There's something else going on here because she wouldn't have left that for no reason. Yeah, I suppose particularly for the the sheriff to find it. I mean, you know, again, he's the only copper on the the island or wherever yeah so it's not like he's got resources to have a little manhunt for somebody is it you know so um but yeah so again you know i so apparently again they did it in reverse so they, they put the sorry to give away all the sort of you know how they did it but apparently it's right i know it's not real you no know, but they they put the needle in first and did a reverse shot mm-hmm. that's kind of how they did it so that's okay because you can then you can then accelerate to make it look like a proper stab, can't you? So it looks like it's got real impact without damaging said uh, puppet. Yeah, but it was good though, wasn't it? Yeah, no, that was really good. Um, and it, again, there's no blood or gore as such. I mean, I, I don't know. You well, you've no doubt seen it. Hostel, haven't you? 
Yeah. I think there's a scene in that where he, somebody gets a blowtorch to somebody's eye or something that's pretty manky and it's hanging off their face and whatever. And I know it's, times are different, but I find this much more interesting and effective than just yeah, that. Th- there, are certain, there are certain things I don't think you need blood. Eyeball trauma is one of them. I don't think you need... It, it doesn't add anything to it because it's automatically horrendous. Mm. And in the same way as... In Home Alone, when he steps on that nail and it goes up the oh, arch of his foot. Yeah. Don't need blood there because just the thought of it is just like, eh. Yeah. There's that, um, I'm not a massive fan of it, but The Quiet Place, I think she steps on a nail there, doesn't she? Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Uh, no. Sorry, I've just I spoiled, I've nail, spoiled though, a bit for you, so. sorry. But um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, there's things like that. Like you said, it's, you don't need gore because you can just no. feel it. Exactly. It's, uh, if it's well done... Yeah. yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like a bit of gore, but yeah, there's times for it and there's times not for it, and eye, eyeball-based trauma doesn't necessarily need it. Yeah. Anyway, they go back in the room, and um, again, he's the only doctor, we've already established. There's, <laughs> yeah, why have they got a hospital? There's one person. one doctor. That does every job. one nurse. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it discover that he's dead. Um, and then, so, um, they're at the grave site now, the sheriff's there unhappy and Dobbs is unhappy again because <clears throat> they can't identify the burn victim. Yeah, um, it was a closed a closed casket so he didn't get to work his magic. So they're having a bit of a an argument about stuff um Dobbs and the sheriff because the, the sheriff feels he's he's quite macabre isn't he you know the way he, he, yeah. he sort of like fantasizes not fantasizes that's probably he he goes into detail about the dead bodies and you know doing stuff with them and the sheriff I think finds it all a bit you know Nasty, unnecessary. Uh, I was a little confused here because he had a he had a gravestone. And it said George Lemoyne because they found out who he was, but it just said, "What's it say?" Approximately thirty. Yeah. Why can't they find his age out? I don't know. I don't. I don't understand why. Um, well, they 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 got well, why did they, they got his name? There? Yeah. So how? I mean, this is going back to nineteen eighty. So, but how yeah. hard would it have been to identify him? Or yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, they knew he was a photographer called George. Well, it all makes kind of sense when you know the whole thing. But this was another thing where I was thinking, one, why is he getting buried there? Has he got no family at all anywhere? Yeah. Because they found his name out, so they must know where he's from. They could have had his name. They got his vehicle, so it's got a registration on it. Exactly. So I was thinking, something's not right here. Mm. they, They don't just bury you where you die within, like, 24 hours yeah um so anyway go back home sheriff's home and um the the wife comes home now she's walking towards the house she's got like a a load of packages hasn't she she's got a load of empty boxes a load of empty yeah because there's they're sort of like stacked they're tied up with string right (laughs) and she's swinging it around like she's carrying a feather duster yeah they're they're stacked so that you know they gradually get like a pyramid of boxes aren't they uh and they slowly you know and like you said there's nothing in them no. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, he, he's at home. He's moping around again because, you know, he, he sort of says he's stressed because of the murders, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, but you can tell he's a bit suspicious of where she's been. And then she um, she says, can you get this some film um, developed for me? Yeah, a school project. Uh, so take it to Ernie's. Yes. Again, there's only one person that does that job. Yes. Um, so then um, we're now at another scene. It's night time. 
where there's a mum and a dad and a boy, a kid, and they're a bit lost. They're in a car, they're driving. They end up going to the, the diner. She's a bit of a, you know, whingy, moaning at him, going, oh, you know, go and get some directions and all that. About this. And gas. We need gas as well. Go and do something right, you stupid man. Yes, and he's a bit reluctant because he's a bloke. And and the boy's got no dialogue in this whatsoever. He's just kind of there um, being an annoying little shitbag. Well, anyway, so they go to the diner. Um, Midge is there. They're all there. Yeah. They're all at this fucking diner. They're always there. Um, yeah. There's nowhere else to go. There's no club in the town. Uh, There's no... Uh, cinema or theatre no and so uh, they're really nice to him you know and talking to him yeah. and, and Midgey's chatting to him oh she does ask the kid is there anything you want and he goes ice cream oh that's it because they come in like... yeah so he goes in originally and then the, the <laughs> mom and the boy go in to get she's fucking impatient and she go and do that go in there go and do that he's in there for 10 seconds and she's already right up his ass about it yeah uh, and then anyway so he needs gas and then there's a guy at the, the desk or the counter uh, who, who and he turns around and it's not only it's only fucking Freddie, isn't it? Only fucking Freddie who's got who's uh you know he's pristine now and he looks you know he's, he's he works at the gas station. Um, again, any thoughts on this? What, what, what were you thinking? What's going on? I'm having I'm having questions here. My main thought was hold on. So he's not dead. He's obviously been brought back. Yeah some way or another. But why would Dan not notice that there's someone new in town? Yeah, Dan's the, Dan's the sheriff. 12 people there, so I was like thinking, how are they going to hide him? If they're bringing the dead people back, how do they hide them from Dan? Yeah. Because you can't not know everyone in this town. And and considering, like, you know, he's started, he's working at the gas station, Dan's going to be thinking, you know, Fuck. It's gonna bump into Where do you him. Where yeah. come from? Exactly. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, then you go back to the car. They've got the gas or whatever. And um, I, what I don't quite understand here. I, I mean, they so they're driving, and then all of a sudden, does something run in front of them because they crash well, into a post? They say it does, but to me, it seemed like someone pulled a tablecloth along a clothesline in front of the wind windscreen. Yeah. So he crashes into a. What does he crash into? It's, it's like a, a telegraph, tele, pole, tele, telegraph pole. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the kid smashes his head, which is hilarious. Because he ain't got a fucking uh, seatbelt on. <laughs> Twat. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there are any, any of them wearing seatbelts. I don't know if that was a mandatory thing back then. I don't think it was, but it was just funny that the kid got hurt. I don't know why I found that so amusing. So The only problem is then from that point, he's like... Eh, he eh, has got the eh, most annoying eh, voice yeah. and squeal. Yeah, it's... It, yeah. yeah. Um take him to the edge of that edge of that seat and bin him in it yeah you don't need him uh well anyway but she yeah she thinks she sees a light or she does see a light flash and she's fucking whinging at him again isn't she oh she's fucking on his case constantly uh so they, they decide to go well he says there's not a light you're imagining things she says i did see a light eventually they get out of the car because that's it's, a, it's from a house isn't it yeah and it's like well go in there because they might have some ice or a compress yes and they knock on the door. No one's in. The door creaks open like they do, and naturally, like they like you would, you just walk into the house, and everything's covered in cobwebs and dilapidated and shit. And she's still saying, "Oh, the, the, I need some ice or a compress." It's like, does this look like a house that is going to have either of those items in it? Mm. There's no, you daft cow. There's no lights on. There's nothing is there. There's uh, okay. yeah. Oh, um, she, she is a noise, and then <laughs> she says. Ah, 
I think they might be in the basement fixing the Hello, fuses. that's amazing. <laughs> oh, God. What an amazing conclusion to come to, isn't it? I know. God, you know when you throw your kid off the cliff, boot her off as well. She's doing you no favours. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, the dad goes into the basement. You know, it's a fucking pitch black house. <laughs> With the world's shortest book of matches. Um <laughs> and then, so, and, and whilst this is going on, you can see, like, shadows of silhouettes of people walking past the windows. So, you know, some shit's going to go down in a minute. Yeah. Uh, and then, so, you know, um, she looks in the fridge and there's nothing in the fridge. There wasn't a compress. I was shocked. There's no ice. There's nothing. No. Um, and then, so, a window gets smashed uh, and, a, and a bloke goes, welcome to Potter's Bluff. Um, and uh, lots of people start coming into the house. It's like fucking whack-a-mole then, isn't it? Every door they open, there's someone already there. Yeah, they they, they run up the stairs, they climb out the window, and um, then they get back to the car, and there's... Uh, it, was, it was very Resident Evil 4. Yes. People sort of, you know, lots of people, uh, yeah. you know, a, a, attacking. And then you kind of get, because like, um, they're in the car, and you see like a shot it's, again. It's like the fog uh, of the you know the, of the the zombies or whatever reanimated corpses or people, and they're all just walking. And, and because it's all foggy and the lights behind them, it looks you know a little bit sinister, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it's effective enough. And they're slowly walking towards the car, and uh, well, anyway, they drive off. Um, and then there's a, wo- a woman who's in the back seat, and she gets yeah. her. They they pull at her, and it pulls a bit of her hair off or something. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't quite figure out what happened then. What well, is she ends up outside of the car? Yeah, but then still on the car, and and then yeah, he, like I said, he, he's she she's then on the bonnet of the car whilst yeah. they're driving off, and you think, oh okay. Well, the sheriff's then he, he's just sitting around doing fuck all in his car. Yeah, waiting at a junction, isn't he? he sees them speed past. Yes, so he shits he... himself. Yeah, and hit someone. Yes, at about three miles an hour. <laughs> which, you know, he's like, it's not like he's speeding, but he clonks somebody and he's he's kind of just, his car's just rolling forwards. Um, and then, so he gets out of the car, has a look, uh, because there's a body on the floor, and yeah. and then there's a severed arm hand. Yeah, it just in the grill. On his touching. grill. How the fuck did that yeah. happen? I don't know. He didn't seem to hit mind you. Yeah, I suppose they're quite they're quite delicate little things. Um, well, anyway, and then that starts grabbing at him. That's another Stan Winston puppet. Um, and so he shits himself. He turns around. The dead body gets up, clonks him around the head. <laughs> yeah, takes his arm. It takes back. his arm, which is quite funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then the sheriff chases him to an old barn. I mean, there's no yeah. lights in this whole fucking town. It's like they've had no. a power cut or something. It's just ridiculous. Um, and another abandoned building. Yes. Um, again, I'm still getting Resident Evil 4 vibes at this point in time, the way he's sneaking around there. Yeah. Um, but And then the sheriff's in this barn, um, and you get another little jump scare. Is it a cat or something that jumps out? Uh, chicken. Chicken, that's it. Yes. Yes. Chicken. And he shoots a window. Oh, yeah. Because he, he probably shits himself. So I don't know where this dead body's gone, or this, this thing with the arm. Uh, again, any thoughts What were you th- when you were watching this? Did you find it funny? Was it a bit daft, or what, what were you thinking? Well, I was surprised that the family escaped, apparently. Yeah, they, you don't see what happened to them, do you? No, they just seem to... no they, they, they kind of just turn up again. It's a bit like Silent Hill, on. isn't it? That kind of whole foggy, but yeah. the, I don't know. I mean, when they were driving into the town, it was that fucking foggy. I wouldn't, have, I would, I wouldn't drive in that because they literally could not see one foot in front of the car. No, 
No. But uh, no, so they thought, you know, they can see that all these people are shuffling towards them. They probably could have, if they'd have, if they'd have set off at a steady what, fifteen miles an hour, they'd easily have outrun them. But instead, he just puts pedal to the floor. <laughs> mm. Off you go. Yeah. Through this thick fog. So something was bound to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So go back to the sheriff's house um, and his wife's cleaning. Polishing the silver. Yes. That's what ladies did back then. Um, and uh, <laughs> when will I come home from work? I demand that the silver is polished. Yes. So but then he, he go. He's looking for something in her drawers. I'm not quite sure what yeah. he's looking for. Uh, and not those sort of drawers either. No, uh, but you can tell it's kind of, I suppose it's a bit like her underwear because it's the silky looking stuff. Um, and she come, he comes across a, a book about witchcraft and a, a knife. <laughs> yeah, some sort of magic knife. Uh, you can tell it's it's not a it's one of those kind of um, knives that's got curvy a curvy blade, Cerem- like a ceremonial sacrifice knife, is what it looks like. Yes. So he, um, I mean, he, considering he's a, a sheriff, right, and he's supposed to be this big town sheriff that's come to a small town to, you know, come back to where he lives or some shit, he's as thick as shit, and he buys yeah. any excuse that she's given it, because he's given, yeah. he, she's given him a few bullshit excuses now. And, and there even a bookmark on a page that says that people only come back after a violent death. Oh, I don't remember that. I'm, Something like that, yeah. Um, but, and he's like, Janet, why? Yes. Oh, I'm doing a lecture on witchcraft. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm just... Because uh, it's about witchcraft and voodooism. And and yeah. she's a teacher. We've established she's a teacher at school. And she said, oh, yeah, I'm I'm teaching the kids about witchcraft and voodoo. I was like, what? What <laughs> fucking... Where does that fall <laughs> yeah. in the curriculum? I, and he's like, oh, okay. Oh, bollocks, I forgot to take that film into Ernie. And she's like, you not. So she gets proper pissed off at him about this. Because um, he's all suspicious and whatever. Anyway, so he drops the, the film off at Ernie's, uh, but he's the only <laughs> one that he can see it. Yeah. He makes it very clear that no one, and he means no one else apart from him, can pick it up. Yeah. Which is ironic considering what he tries to do as soon as it's ready. Yes. Um, so anyway, then he's talking to uh, the coroner about the dead bodies, and then Robert Englund's, you see him... Um, He's uh, in his car, and then you, he says, "Oh, there's a car that's gone off the bluff or something." And he found it; it's been found in the water. Turns out it's the car of the uh, the family the, uh, yeah. that were there. Uh, and because uh, you know, because actually something we didn't mention, but the, this little kid's got a toy plane. Well, Rob, yes. Robert England's playing with his toy plane whilst he's talking to the sheriff about this car that's been found, um, and. Uh, yeah, and so anyway, the sheriff then starts scraping. This is the first bit of police work he's fucking done. Yeah, he starts scraping particles from the grill. Yes, uh, so he sends off to the lab to be looked at. Yeah, well, yeah, he phones the doctor up, doesn't he? And it didn't quite click with me first. It was the doctor. I thought he was phoning one of his old contacts at first, like maybe in the city. Yeah. Until but the doctor's in his office, well, in an office. that It's, it's, it's like he's just sat on set in on Jekyll and Hyde in 1923. Mm-hmm. There's all these bubbling flasks and fluids and, and things everywhere. Yes. Um, and so then the hotel man, who we've established, talks slightly funny. Uh, he goes into the, the police... Oh, I don't even call it a police station. It's not even a fucking police station, is it? It's just no. a room where the sheriff hangs about. <laughs> yeah. um, 
and he says he, he saw the man who checked in, who's the pho- photographer, what was his name? Des Moines or something. Yeah, uh, George Lemoyne. Lemoyne, that was it. Uh, and it, and, it, and he, he says, I've seen him walking around the town. And the sheriff... He says, t- he says popping gas. I just thought it was an interesting turn of phrase. Never heard anyone say he's popping gas. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Anyway, the sheriff doesn't believe him. And so yeah. he goes, speak. <laughs> he told you, ask your wife. Ask your wife. Uh, which is quality. Um, so then... The sheriff goes to the school where his wife's teaching about voodoo and zombies. Yeah. And she's specifically dispelling the zombie myth in films. Mm. Go on. Um, yeah. According to her, then it's, it's obviously part of voodoo, which is a religion. And they're under the control of their master who can get them to sort of like reenact human things and get them to like control their will. But as long as he as long as he has their heart kept somewhere, yes, the heart's kept out of the body. Yeah. Now, so this this but the, one of the kids turns around and it's the little bastard. Yes. Who? Yeah. Uh, so there you go. So that's kind of like what happens. So again, <clears throat> things are slowly starting to be revealed. I guess. So, from your point of view, what were you thinking at this point? Particularly well, when she's talking about all of this, and you know, there's a whole, yeah, you know, there's a, he's, the zombies are under under control of the master. So, so yeah. what were you thinking at this point? Well, I wasn't sure who the master was if it was going to be Dobbs or Janet. Okay, I, th- I was thinking along the lines of one of them two, and then then the alarm bells were sent ringing further because when Dan walks in, and he tells Janet that he needs to fill up, and he sees Freddie. Yes. And he calls him Freddy. Yes. So he's seen the person who he knows. Now, and I was thinking, well, he's no, he, how does he know who he is? Because he just says, thanks, Freddy. Mm. So at this point, my mind had automatically gone straight to the end. Ah, okay. Because I thought, because things weren't making sense to me about how he was being so naive and stupid, not recognising people, my mind was going like, well, how long has he been there? He should know everyone, but he doesn't seem to know everyone or he's not noticing that new people are turning up. And I was like, oh, right. Got you. Uh, okay. So then <clears throat> you get another scene, which kind of, well, there's a few things. I mean, I'll explain perhaps later on why it sort of perhaps feels a bit disjointed in places. But you've got now a man... Uh, who is a dirty old fucker? I mean, so he picks up a hitchhiker who's a, a yeah. young woman, and he even he, he, he even but, says, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, "I could be a dirty old man." Yeah. Why did she yeah. still gets in the in the car with him? Yeah. T- times have changed. I think we'll say that much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, so you don't see his face at this point, but you just hear him talking, and she's in the car, and he's talking about going to Potter's Bluff. And then he reaches over into the glove box and he gets a camera and he takes a picture. And then it's revealed he was the fisherman who got slashed and stabbed. Yes. Um, and so then she gets out of the car, gets surrounded by all the people. Can you see Robert England at this point? Is he part of the group? Oh, I'm not sure, to be honest. Anyway, it's the same old fuckers. And then so yeah. then they get a massive rock and smash it over her head, which you don't see. But you, you no. hear like a squelching type noise. Yeah. Um, and so then... Um, uh, the the coroner at uh, Dobbs is uh, you see her face now, which is all bashed up. Yeah, 
Oh, Dan finds Dan. Dan, you see Dan with the body first, don't you? He's looking very stressed. Oh yes, this is obviously yes. another murder. But yeah, straight to Hobbs. Yes, who's looking at the mangled skull and he says, "I will make you beautiful again." Yes, and then slowly, shot by shot, the face is like reconstructed. So it kind of goes down to the skull, and then yeah. you see again, like the slowly, it it's built up. So you get layers of flesh and then skin, and then you see hands, which. Um, are actually the hands of Stan Winston um, doing, putting the, you know, so it's like he's he's using a, a tool or an implement to open up the mouth, check the teeth, check the mouth. You know, he does it with the eyes. and it Pops a new eye Pops in. a new eye in. Now, again, I thought it looks pretty cool. It's, you know, the yeah. way it's done, it looks pretty good. And again, the transitions between the model... Or the the doll, not the doll, the puppet, and then the real person and everything else. Um, it, it's it's a good quality pretty good. Puppet. It's it's cool, yeah. isn't it? You know. I mean, I didn't understand why he had to take it back down to the skull. Uh, I don't know if it's been smashed over the head with a rock. It'd be pretty. Yeah, but the yeah, but the skull wasn't broken. Yeah. So, well, maybe that's his art. He doesn't just do a patch up job and sort of you know just repair the broken bits. He does a full you know full refurb. Yeah. Um. So anyway, then, so the body then of the hitchhiker, it it wakes up after a little while. It wakes up after someone else strokes its face. Ah, okay. And I I wondered if, because I think, I'm not sure who it was. I think it might have been Midge because it had a grey coat, but I think it was, I don't know if it was, because he leaves, someone walks out of the shadows. I didn't know if that was supposed to be Janet. Or Midge. Yeah, well... I think it was implying it could be Janet. Yes. But I wasn't sure. Yeah. But I'm sure they were wearing a grey coat, and that was that's a Midge, that's a Midge thing, the grey coat. Um, but so... Whereas Janet dresses like Tom Baker in brown. Yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but then, so the body wakes up, and it looks at the screen, and, you know, okay. So, again, what were you thinking at this point? Obviously, it's been demonstrated. It's clear that he's actually bringing these people back to life. Yes. So, that's kind of... It's almost like, well... Not that I wasn't sure if he was still if he was the tool to bring them back or if he was you know if he was working on his own or if he was working for you know someone was he working in conjunction with someone else to do it mm. you know did he have like you know was he just the person with the know-how and someone was instructing I want that person I want that person or was it all him was he the actual controller of everyone yeah so <clears throat> then uh, the sheriff is now at the lab place. Um, and uh, so he's talking to his the guy he sent the for, like forensics that kind of thing you know yeah um, and this guy says that the the skin samples that he sent have been dead for three to four months <clears throat> um, and he, you know he's, he doesn't believe it again it's like Dan he doesn't believe the hotel owner when he says he saw Freddie uh, or the guy then sees Freddie why doesn't he go to why didn't he take the hotel owner to to the gas station which would have been literally a walk across the street i'm guessing (laughs) and saying is this the guy that checked into your hotel yeah but anyway i'm picking holes in the plot now well this fellow who i know as freddie why do i know him as freddie yeah what's going on yeah um so anyway then the the docs are now back in his lab and he discovers something um, yeah. He's looking through, you, through a, a, you know, yeah. a, a microscope. He's using acid, really, really corrosive acid. Yeah, I, I didn't quite I'm understand why. that when it because he puts no. like um, 
um, bit, bit of skin or something, isn't it, on the plate, and then just drips this really corrosive acid onto it. Looks looks under it and is like, it can't be. Yeah. So he he gets all suspicious and he, he realizes something's uh, not right. Either. I mean, you know, the fact that he's discovered that the, the skin samples from this thing are like three, <laughs> the dead been dead for three or four months or whatever. <laughs> that that's how you could tell this town's really small because Dan has been out of the room for thirty seconds. And the doctor gets straight on the blower to try and get Dan at the police station. Yeah, it's like, hang on. <laughs> it must be next door. Um, so, which, which is why I suppose you, you think maybe it's out of town slightly or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But anyway, then he gets set upon by everybody. Yeah, cameras, ahoy, etc. And um, they get this. So Lisa, it's, it's Lisa again now, I think, isn't it? It is, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so she gets like these um, pipes, which have got the, the acid in. Because he says, "No, that's acid." Um, they stick it up the no- up his nose, and then his face starts bubbling. Yeah, not as good an effect. I don't. No, it's the weakest one. And it's the weakest one. The bubbles and everything were good, but the actual face and mo- I mean, the sound's good. Yes, of him gurgling and going. That's all very well done, but just the, the yeah the actual face uh, mask puppet mask thing that's not great no in comparison yeah it's it's the weakest one and well i might as well say no but apparently throughout the whole of this production there were three different finance companies that were involved and they all had different ideas so you got the, the writer had got one idea and then you got a director who got one idea and then the finance companies were saying well we should make it a horror you know it should be a bit of a comedy or whatever so they added bits of extra scenes like so the, the fisherman who got killed apparently that was added sort of like post-production because they wanted to add a bit more gore right. um and then so this scene so stan winston had done all his stuff and he kind of left with the production but then they added this scene again to add a bit more horror um yeah. and he hadn't done the special effects on it so right makes perfect sense that, that, then why 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 it looks shoddy compared to the other stuff which yeah. looked really good so yeah. which is a shame because the idea is actually pretty good yeah it's quite it, it, if if mr winston had done it i think it could have been it would have been a really good effect yes i think it could have been a really nasty death um so anyway then sheriff's back now he gets a telex um he what i didn't know what a fucking telex was no it's um well i I didn't really know, but yeah, I just so basically, it's a bit like sending an email. It's like a cross between an email and a fax. Yes, or it, like an uh, like an email, like well, like a text message and a fax. But you type it and it pops out of the other end. Doesn't that, it? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Did, did you remember fax machines? I used to have a fax machine. Oh God, I did, yeah. When I when I started after uni when i started working i had to use the fax machine every day still yeah fax machines when you when the role changed there was a pain in the ass you never yeah. knew exactly which way it was supposed to go in and then <laughs> you know um the fucking little bit of cardboard and then the little plastic inserts and you're not sure which way to put it in and it's like oh, yeah fax machines god that's going back a bit anyway i know it's shocking and it i was at uni and we still we still well i'd have a fax machine at uni but half my work was still handwritten yeah and we still had to hand stuff in and floppy disk. Yeah, well, I was working at the time when we had a fax machine. So, and even up to the point of, I think probably the two thousands, we were using fax machines. Yeah, I was still using one two thousand and six. Yeah, so started, yeah. So my mate who I worked with at the time, he, he finished work. He retired in two thousand and five. So up until that point, two thousand and four, we were still using fax machines to send. So imagine that sending fax to somebody. You know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, he's getting um, 
his assistant, what's her, whatever her fucking name is, Betty, Betty, Betty. to send a telex of the a photograph um, uh, of, and then uh, uh, to to try and identify, it's he's sending it to St Louis or something. Yeah, some somewhere like that. Um, and then he goes outside, and there's no body about. It's pretty much like deserted at this point. Yeah. Um, so then uh, he calls up Dobbs, um, and or he goes to Dobbs' his office, and Dobbs isn't there, but his assistant's there. So Dobbs has got a fucking assistant. Yeah, Jimmy. Um, and he's kind of like you don't see what he's doing as such, but it's like he's painting his arm. <laughs> yeah. He's touching himself up. Uh, and he co- but yeah. to cover him to cover it up and then it's like he's been caught masturbating because as soon as the sheriff comes in he goes oh shit you know and he runs off yeah. like I'm not doing anything honestly um so then the sheriff goes to the graveyard and um the it, grave is a grave digger isn't it called Sam oh yeah he goes he's, apparently yeah, he's the town's grave digger yeah um <laughs> and he says you've got to dig up the body. Yeah. He's like, so get your shovel and dig it up. And he's like, I'm not digging it up. Not without Hobbs. He goes, you don't need Hobbs to do it. I'm telling you to do it. Yes. And then he gives him a pickaxe and not a shovel. Hmm. Yeah. That's a technicality of my, on my part. But I was like, well, don't tell him to use a shovel if you're going to give him a pickaxe. Yeah. So anyway, then he goes to the... Uh, he goes back to... Does he go back to he, he go, Dobbs' he, office he, Yeah, again? he goes back to the coroner's office or wherever, the mortuary. Yeah. And he's looking for him. He can't find him. And then Dobbs just slides out of the the bob one of the body drawers. Yeah, it's fucking. <laughs> At this point, I was like, "Hold on, is he a fucking vampire, or what's going on here?" Yeah, because again, that sort of look, like it's slightly comedic, isn't it? It's just yeah. a bit sort of. It it reminded me of John Carpenter when we watched Body Bags. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> so then they dig up the grave, or he's, he goes back. He's dug up the the grave's been dug up. Um, and it's opened, and he implies when he's talking to him, he's like, it's, it feels empty, there's nothing there. And there's nothing in there apart from a small no. thing that's wrapped in some rags. Yeah, well, that was his clothes when it was that, when that Freddy's jumper. Yes. Yeah, well, George's jumper, I should say, not Freddy. And they open it up, and it turns out there's a beating heart there. Or is yeah. it a beating, or is it just wib- wibbling well, around? I think it was just wibbling. Yeah. Because I don't think, but, I don't yeah. think, if it looked like a real heart. Oh, I think it was a real heart. I don't, but, uh, probably not a human heart, I guess. No, but then it was just sort of like wibbling around like it, yeah. you know, like a jelly or something. Thrust into the camera like a wobbly heart yes. thing. So going back to the conversation that Janet was having at the school about the being a master and, the, you know, mm-hmm. you've got to have a heart and whatever. So are you piecing all this together now at this point? Are you, or what you, are you know, thinking, oh, God, here we go. Or, or were you thinking, are you, are you, were you still with it? I think I was. I think I was. I think I was already there. Okay. But where we where we going? I just I just needed to put the. I just wanted to find out the last two pieces. Yeah. Or or how they how they fitted together. Yeah. Yeah. But you know you get that pretty fucking quickly. Uh huh. Well, because then the sheriff, <clears throat> he he goes to the gas station and he's he he's now taking pictures of people with his um, Polaroid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He takes a picture of Freddie, um, and now he gets a, a telex. Um, he sends a telex to check on Dobbs because uh, he's getting very suspicious of Dobbs. I mean, th- now he's suspicious. I mean, w- wouldn't you be fucking suspicious some time ago? 
quite a while ago. But yeah, it, so suddenly he's moving. He's moving with a purpose. Yes, is our Dan. He's all over the place. It's like thinking, oh, there's probably only fifteen minutes of this film to go, so we've got to figure it. We got to sort it out now. Anyway, so then he sends the picture. How do they do that? How do they do that on a telex? I don't know. I it's not like a scanner or whatever, is it? How, how do they send the picture? <laughs> don't. I'm sure we could find out, but I just didn't bother. No. Anyway, so then um, the sheriff now goes to collect the film um, from the shop. Um, what, what was his name? The Ernie. Ernie. Um, and, and he's got a dead hand. Yes, that's right. His hand's all sort of uh, cr- cracking, cracking, isn't it? Yeah, like he needs a bit of, uh, you know, aloe vera or whatever, or some kind of yeah. cream. Um, <clears throat> and then so... He, uh, he he bumps into the lab technician who had the acid mm-hmm. shoved up his nose, uh, and he's now alive and well, uh, and he's asking him questions about you know can the dead be brought back to life? And he's yeah. like, don't be fucking stupid. Of course they can't. Um, so you know, uh, and then the telex comes back. Yeah. We see we, we we are moving moving quickly at this point. We are, we're moving at pace. Yes. Yeah. Betty shouts at Dan. The telex, apparently Dobbs was fired in 1969 for unauthorised use of dead bodies. Mm. Thinking, what was he doing? Was he fucking them? Or what was he doing to them? Um, but for messing with dead bodies. And so you'd have thought yeah. that, I mean, they wouldn't have had CRB or DBS checks back then, I wouldn't have thought. No, But, no. you know, you'd have thought that would have been checked out. Yeah. So, well, Check out your previous employer. Yeah, maybe you had to post things or telex things, and then maybe maybe the telexes were only that quick if you were police, or maybe the police was only the police who had access to them. Who knows? Yeah, uh, but then Dan's home again because he's all over the fucking place, and uh, he, he grabs something out of the closet, and then he, he it drops down, and you see that there's a camera with three flash bulbs in there. Yes, which is what you you saw um, at the start when the guy was burnt to death, <clears throat> uh, and then. He gets a home cinema thing, home film thing, which is, you know, from the film he, he got developed. He starts watching yeah. it. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, it's a, it's somebody having sex. I was thinking, ooh. Um, and then some this person, you don't see who it is, but it's stabbing somebody in the back. Yeah. I oh, know, you see, that's Janet. But then, you? well, yeah, it's revealed that it's her that's doing the stabbing, yeah. but you don't know who's being stabbed. Um, and she's kind of. This is yeah. I I guessed at this point. She's smiling at the camera at this point, yeah. you know. And he he lets out this this scream because everyone's there. All the town are there, aren't they? Yeah, Do- Dobbs is there. What about England? Everyone's just watching, aren't they, through the windows like a bunch of filthy perverts? Yes. Uh, and so, like the sheriff lets out this. It's a bit corny. The scream, isn't it? I think a little Fair bit. So uh, anyway, so then the sheriff confronts Dobbs. Um, and and Dobbs, uh, he's like kind of says, "Look at my look at my children." You know, he he yeah. bit pretty much admits to everything. And then he says, "He made he made Janet for him." Yeah, Janet was the first. Yes. Yeah, he's playing all the videos of all of the deaths that they've filmed. Um, and I can't read my. Why right why do they take pictures of them? Is it is it to so we can reconstruct I, them or? I don't know. I don't know. It's never re- that's never really mentioned, is it? Mm. Specifically, but he 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 reveals that Janet drowned 
and yeah, oh, Janet is drowned. That's what that word says. Um, yeah. and and so yeah, he he, um, he says that he has to touch up the people that he's remade, shall we say? Um, yeah. And you know, so the sheriff's like kind of freaking out a little bit. He's got his gun out. Janet appears, um, and you know he's he's talking to her, and he can't believe it. He you know pulls his gun up towards her. He touches her face, and a bit of a face hangs off. Yeah, because yeah, because he says that everyone needs touching up every like couple of weeks, but because because he put he he put more effort into Janet, um, and Janet was a gift to Dan, then she can go like a month without being repaired. Yeah, but then all of a sudden he just touches her face and a bit of it falls off. Yeah, and she's just talking like really weird, like normal matter of fact and whatever about well, what do you want for dinner and all this kind of shit. Yeah, and so he shoots her. Uh, she doesn't die, obviously. Um, and oh, that's sorry. That's what I put. He said a bit of her face falls off from just a touch. He could never have fucked her very hard. <laughs> Don't make me laugh, please. Um, yeah, uh, and then so she then says she wants to be buried. Um, you know, and she she yeah. runs off. Um, and then he shoots Dobbs, and and he goes to the graveyard looking for Janet, who's crawled into. <laughs> What's his name to, again? Des Moines. De, de, George Lemoyne. Lemoyne. I don't know why I keep calling him Des Moines. Anyway, she's crawled into his grave and she's scrawled <laughs> fucking Janet on. Yeah. With with what? I don't know, but she's just sat there pulling pulling earth onto herself. Yeah. Because she's saying she wants to she wants to be buried. Yes. Um and so Dobbs has been shot, but there's actually blood. So he got to get the impression that he's human. Yeah, he's alive. Although he has been shot three times at point blank range in the stomach, and he does manage to get up yeah. quite easily. Yeah. Um, so he he's he gets up, and and the, these cuts, are kind of they happen. It doesn't linger in one place. Like so, it kind of cuts from the grave to Dobbs to the grave to Dobbs. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so then Janet's in the grave. Like you said, she's asking to be buried. She's pulling all the earth over herself. Uh, and then Dobbs goes back. He's puts on his music. <laughs> yeah. First things first. Where's me? As you do. Put my gramophone on. Uh, the sheriff starts to bury Janet. Uh, then he goes back to Dobbs, who's putting on some fucking lipstick. Yeah, that was weird. Um, and then he sticks in like kind of these liposuction pipes. Yeah, are they the things that put the um? What's the fucking stuff? The formalde- the formaldehyde. Formaldehyde is it? Yeah. I put I put he mortifies himself because I couldn't or morgifies because I couldn't think of the fucking word. Yeah, and and so he's there's like a squelching noise where he's got these things in his stomach, and he looks like he's in some pain with it. Um, and uh, then he die. He looks like he he dies. He's dead. Yeah. Um, and, and Dan finishes burying Janet, but then the rest of the town are there. Yeah. And they're all starting to fall apart, but they're all consoling him. Yeah, sort of like even Betty's dead. As Betty's a deaden as well. Uh, like rest in peace. Um, and you know they're sorry because Janet's like kind of dead or whatever. Um, but but then the cameras come out and they try and drag him off. Yeah, it's like and then they all change and start to yeah. want to kill him. But then he escapes. Yeah, and he runs back to where Dobbs was, and Dobbs now. Is seemingly well and alive, and yeah, is he, how is he not dead? 
I, I don't know. I, I don't understand how he's brought himself back to life as such. No. Or was he dead? But or I, Yeah, I was slightly confused at that bit. Well, anyway, the, the camera, the, the film uh, is still running, uh, you know, in, in the background or whatever. Yeah. And then... Uh, there's, there's one thing you should know, Dan. One final twist. Uh, and so the person that was having sex with Janet, who was stabbed in the back, is revealed to be the sheriff. Yes. And... Uh, he was and dead then, so, all along. He's looking at his hands, which are now falling and, apart. Yeah. Uh, because he doesn't he make some reference to, you know, oh, we, we, we've kind of got to stop going through this charade. Or we, It's almost like, because he says something like about the dead can't remember as well, doesn't he? Yeah. So it, it does. is it like these things, it's kind of, he's in limbo, he's repeating, you know, he kind of forgets. In, and then he goes. It's like he's he's in purgatory. He's going through this thing, this thing all the time. I don't know. I don't know how that. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. There's still there's still questions because he says, "Come down, let me fix those for you." But yeah, like he obviously has control over the others, but for some reason he doesn't have any control of Dan. So, Dan, but the question is like, if you've got people, they're your they're your children. They're zombies. Why do you keep killing anyone else who comes in the town? What's the point? Yeah. Because if, if Dan's constantly in a loop of being a policeman, then just don't give him anything to police. Don't murder people so he's going after it, so he's trying to find out what's happening. Or is that part of the... I don't know. Yeah. So. But anyway, now, I'll ask what you thought in, in, in a minute. But what, when I watched this originally, um, uh, sort of like I said, a few years ago, I, I must admit, I didn't. Not that I didn't see it coming as such, but I thought, oh, that's quite a good twist, uh, you know, because it's like the final. That is it. That's the film. You know, you get that twist, and then yeah. the film finishes, and that's it. It's done. So, but what did you think of that? And then overall of the film? Well, like I said, I, I I'd started to question Dan earlier when he wasn't he wasn't noticing things, and I was I, I was. I was just trying to think of how long has he been there because he should know things that he didn't apparently know if he'd been there a while. And it seemed like they'd been there a while. So that made no sense. When he saw Freddie and called him Freddie, even though it was George, he should have known that that, you know, how were new people turning up in the town and he wasn't realising? I was thinking, right, okay. Is he, he's in on it somewhere. And then, yeah, but <clears throat> I thought, right, he's, he, I actually wanted to write it down. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, somewhere. Uh, oh yeah, it was finally when um, <clears throat> when they first watched that video of Janet stabbing. That was when I thought when she was stabbing that person in bed, and it wasn't revealed as Dan. I put ah, that's Dan. Dan's a zombie as well. Ah, so you, that's sort of what I. You got it then. I've had me inkling, but I thought right, that's that's where we're going. Uh huh. Overall, I quite liked it. Yeah. It was just a shame that I kind of got where it was going or had suspicions because I was thinking that it has to be something along those lines. Otherwise, there's too many. Too many logic flaws in it that I'm struggling to I'm struggling to relate to Dan being quite as stupid as he apparently was being. Mm. So it kind of made me think about it a bit too much. Maybe then, maybe think about the ending. The, 
there's anything particularly wrong with it. And there's some really good effects in it. But to me, it feels like it feels like an extended story of something that would have been like in Creepshow. Mm. Yeah. It feels like it could be short. I don't, I don't, one of the reviews said it was like overly complicated. I thought it's not really not that complicated. But it could almost just be, if you shortened it a little bit, it could be a segment like in a in a in an anthology. Like a body bags or a creep show or something. You could you could make a, a shorter version for it. Mm. But I have spent I've, there's plenty of ways I've spent a worse ninety two minutes. Yeah, I think. <clears throat> excuse me. Um. Yeah. I, I, so I. Sorry, I've just had a bit of a coughing fit just whilst I've muted myself. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, I I think I'm a bit like you. I I didn't love it, and I think because I know what was coming. You kind of start to pick holes in it, don't you? You know, you, you yeah. Think, yeah. Well, that doesn't seem quite right. Or, well, why does that happen? And how is this going on? And whatever. I think, like you said, those three. There's three, isn't there? I suppose there's the uh, there's the the screaming head. There's the eye stabbing. There's the arm. Um, yeah. Oh, and there's the face reconstruction. Whatever. They're like yeah. really good effects, and I think they elevate it. Um, Whereas the, you know, the, the, the acid face thing, that kind of reminded me of talking about Creepshow, which is another film that we've talked about. <laughs> it is, it is, yeah. The quality of the puppet was like when the cockroaches are crawling. Yes. Exactly. That's exactly what yeah. I was thinking. So, uh, you know, it, it kind of almost felt like a, a papier-mâché style <laughs> thing. Yeah. So, yeah, overall, I, I mean, I, I can see why it has kind of developed that cult status over the years. Um because it's it's not a bad little film, is it? I don't. It's not no. a bad little horror film, and and um, it's not horrific. And it does seem to give away stuff fairly early on, and which makes you think, well, what's going on here? Like <clears throat> like you said, when you see Midge as is revealed as you know quite quickly somebody who was set this guy on fire, and then you're thinking, oh, what the fuck's going on? But as I explained earlier on, and what I found out was that it is a bit disjointed as well like the whole um and i, I suppose you if you are going to make it a horror film you've got you've got a bit have a bit of horror in it so you, the whole yeah. fisherman getting butchered you know that kind of sticks out a little bit doesn't it um, yeah but then you got, you've got a character like midge who turns up in the first half of the film i mean don't get me wrong she doesn't do a lot but she's no it's it's focused that she's the one who sets george on fire at the at the start yeah then it's you know She's the person when you see her just doing her day job, focus on her to let you know that something weird's going on. She's then part of it when the family turn up. She's I wouldn't say she's integral, but after that, she basically she just vanishes yeah. from the film. And you only ever see her again um, at the end when she's got a bit of a face hanging off. So yeah, um, yeah. but um, overall, I, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was you know, it was, I gave it three and a half out of yeah. five. Put it like that. I would, I would I'd probably gone. I would have gone three. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. It's above average, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, there you go. Anyway, um, as you can probably tell, my voice is is about to fail me. So <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to hand it over to you to pick the next film that we are going to be talking about. So, what are we going to be watching in our next episode? <sighs> God, I don't know why I'm doing this, but never mind, eh? Um. Right, we we are we are skipping forward to 1983. Ooh. 
<sighs> right. Who, who, who have we got? Right. Some some of these are just going to be a, a giveaway straight away. So we'll go a little bit further down. Um, right. We have. Oh, ooh, we have Gordon Rollings. Mm, nope. Don't know that one. All right. I'll give you the character. Man in cap. Okay. No, don't get, don't no. get that one. Okay. Henry Wolf. Mm, no. He's a penguin man. Penguin man. All right. Okay. okay. Uh, Nancy Roberts. No. She's the unemployment clerk. Uh, no, not tried in places. No. Okay. Uh, Gavin O'Hare. Ah, uh, it's, oh no, it's not, uh, oh no, I'm thinking Dan, oh, ha, ha, where, I was going to say Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Ooh, no. Okay. No, he plays Brad. Oh no, don't know. Okay. Oh, all right, Annie Ross. Might get it from that. Uh, oh, another name, but I can't think what from. Plays Vera? No, don't know. All right, we get we we we're getting where it's going to happen now, aren't we? Okay, uh, Robert Vaughn. Uh, oh, Superman three. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of my favourite films growing up. Mm, exactly. Um, exactly. Richard Pryor. I, I could have gone for Superman four as an obvious dud. Yeah. But I loved Superman three growing up. Yes. Yeah, same. That's that's the one with the bad Superman in it as well. Yes, it's been... Ooh, I've never watched this not on VHS. Yeah, that scared me as well. That upset me. Because the, the whole... Well, anyway, we're talking about that later on. But that, that whole fight in the in the sort of like the junkyard. Yeah. Yeah, that, that upset me when I was a kid. But anyway, yeah, cool. I, well, I haven't watched that for a very long time. So, uh, yeah, that sounds good. Um, right. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Thank you for listening. Um, if you want to find more of us, then if you go to 60mw.co.uk, that's the website. You'll find all the stuff on there, all the links to the shows, previous shows, all the other shows that we do. If you have a look, uh, there's a oh, X, fucking X, Twitter. <laughs> oh, if you go to at 60mw podcast, then that's where all the, you know, the stuff is for Twitter. Yeah. What do they call tweets now then? Is it posts. X's? It's a post. Oh, post. Yeah. Mm, fair enough. Bo- bollocks in it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then everything else is on there as well. So um, I'm not even going to bother reading it because I'm not on Twitter anymore. Well, I am. I've got an account, but I've just deleted it from my, my phone. So I wouldn't bother getting in touch with me because I probably won't reply uh, if I'm honest with you. So that's that's just the sad truth of it, isn't it? I think. Yeah. And I definitely won't. No. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, follow the show, send any comments, Absolutely. send any comments to the show, uh, and I'm sure Dave will, uh, you know, reply to you. There's a contact us page if you want to send us anything, there's an email, send us an email. Yeah, oh, remember emails. I know, there you go. Um, which is contact at 60mw, sorry, contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk, or you can use the contact form, or the speak pipe, I've never done a speak pipe. So me neither. Is that where you speak? Yeah, you can send a voice message, I think. So Okay. Right. 
Well, thank you for listening. I will speak to you soon. Well, we both will. And uh... <laughs> Solo show yeah. next time. Uh, might just be you, the way my voice is going. Uh... No, no, you've done well. You've done well. You've soldiered There on. you go. Well, thanks very much. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>